Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. remotely just the slightest film about the forest we're always talking about how shitty mankind is man is the enemy a hundred (laughs) percent like it's honestly they're back man from bambi is fucking back man from bambi and we have a face it's this fat dude that eats a whole slice of cake in one fucking go that shit was his fault well okay not entirely his fault and they do leave i i'll give you that like they do get freaked out when hexus is like hi <laughs> they walk away peacefully they're like they all they're here they they say it explicitly they're here for the overtime otherwise they're ready to go yeah, otherwise they're like fuck this noise dude i'm clocking out are you shitting me right now <laughs> i think man and bambi was much more nefarious these guys are just sort of here a faceless evil yes indeed <laughs> All right, let's do this. But, Sorry, uh, I'm on the Lord of the Rings kick right now, guys. Lindsay and I just spent the last like 30 minutes going over shit I don't know. I know, but so we're much here for getting for, you out of here for your fantasy I, draft. Oh, no, I'm fine. I still have, plenty, I have more than enough time. Like, let me discuss the fall of Numenor quickly before yeah. we get turned <laughs> Hey, guys, sorry I was late. I just wanted you guys to know that Feanor's fucking dope. Well, Feanor's such a douchebag, dude. I swear to God. But anyway, it, this is apropos <laughs> of uh, the last alliance of elves and men, is how Fern Gully starts. There he is. You know what's funny? I forgot about that opening and like how it explains that mankind was like akin with the fairies. Uh huh. And then Hexus arrived and I was like, oh, yeah, dude. Like, that's why the fairies think humans are dead. It wasn't just like they weren't allowed to come back to the forest or something. I also don't get why this was called the last rainforest. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of this because I don't understand like the world building in this is not it's not great. great. It's kind of all over the place. But we are we are here to talk about Ferngully. Um, tell us a little bit about this movie, Scott. Kick I us would off. be delighted. It's 1992, guys. Uh, I don't need the info for dilithium crystals. What's happening here? Oh, my God. Uh, you so that up. We just needed. To no, do- I just wanted to be right. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, no, so uh I found this out while I was watching this, but Fern Gully is actually adapted by a children's book called uh called Fern Gully by Diana Young. Um it was a production of 20th Century Fox and directed by Bill Croyer and written by Jim Cox. The only person in this list of actors that I don't know is Samantha Mathis. I feel like I should know her from something else, but I just I just don't. But it stars Samantha Mathis as Krista, Christian Slater as Pip, Tim Curry as the nefariously sexy Hexus, Robin Williams as the always funny. Actually, this is Robin Williams' first voice acting job, um, and Lindsay will get into that in a little bit. Um, 
as Batty and Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong as Stump and Root, who are the only two of the Beetle Motorcycle Gang that talk. <laughs> and I was, hate them. I was shocked I to find this was Cheech and Chong. I was like, I didn't you- even realize. Yeah, what? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why? Seriously? Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, Aladdin and Shrek both get a lot of credit for starting the trend of celebrity voice actors, but it kind of really did start with this. It did. It very definitely did. And we're going to talk a lot about what was happening here in regards to that. But it is crazy that it really started with this movie. Like, that's a pretty star-studded cast. Uh, Like, it just kind of kept going. Like, normally with these animated movies that we throw in, like, one or two cast names, it's usually nothing that exciting. Mm -hmm. Or they've done some other animated thing from a while back. Yeah. Yeah. So... I'll read us a plot summary here. Yeah, hit me with a but, plot. Yeah, following the last alliance of men and elves, um, <laughs> <laughs> accidentally shrunk down to fairy size and given the gift of fairy sight, summer logging intern Zach must learn the value of nature to help the fairies fight against uh, pollution incarnate Hexus. It's true. There really this is, is no other summary plot. summary ever written. <laughs> No, it like you know what's funny is like we're supposed to think that like Krista is supposed to be the next Maggie, and they don't. You kind of can infer that like watching the movie, but they don't like do a good job of explaining it. And then Maggie just pulls a Dumbledore and sacrifices herself, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing right now? In a way that is incredibly unclear. Yeah, and like why? Why does she have to do that? Because nothing they do matters. Like, I just, oh my god, okay, that was like the most confusing part of this movie. Anyway, sorry. All the, lo- we'll get into it. Yeah, but- I ran into a problem with this movie, you guys. This isn't anywhere. It, it's nowhere. It's on uh, Amazon to rent and Apple to rent, I believe. Yeah, which is kind of a new development. Like, for a long time, this was literally nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get it on YouTube. It is, like, parsed oh, out on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, you if you're willing to put up with that. I once spent an enormous amount of money to watch this on YouTube, like in like roaming charges back in the day. Hell yeah. Back when that was the thing, <laughs> like when you weren't just, yeah, like connected to the internet. Uh, because I was in Amsterdam and I was high as a motherfucker and I was by myself in Amsterdam for whatever reason. I don't know. I was there a lot. Um, I was just like, I need to watch Fern Gully. I don't know. It costs like a really a lot of money when I did like, oh I was like in trouble about my phone bill when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to the timeline, to the timeline, indeed. The year is 1992, and we're going to be in 1992 for a little minute. We have a few movies in 92. Um, This was the year that Bill Clinton is elected president, so we're very much within all of our lifetimes. But Bush signed NAFTA into the law, the North American Free Trade Agreement, right before the end of his term. Uh, So that happened. Hurricane Andrew hit Florida, which I remember. Uh, I vaguely remember. No, I was four. I just... I, I I would have no recollection of them talking about it. 
No, I remember it happening because the the last of it hit New England. Like, I remember the storm. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Like, we didn't have the hurricane the way that Florida hit it, but, like, I remember the, the storm uh, when Hurricane Andrew came up the East Coast. It was pretty insane. So that happened. Um, the Mall of America opened and Car- Cartoon Network launched. 1992 Cartoon Network launched? That's crazy. I'm adding a new section to the timeline without Scott's knowledge or permission. Yes, you are. I thought we agreed. I couldn't remember if we agreed to this or not. And I'm like, fuck it. We probably talked about it. (laughs) We didn't discuss it at all, but it seems relevant to me that we include the Rotten Tomatoes score on this. So this has a 67% on the tomato meter and 64% audience score. So this Mm. thing is, and that's like about like, that's about right. That sounds correct. So sorry. (laughs) A low D. Oh no, it is, and it's yeah. Um, God, dude, that's rough. This is probably one of the most almost balanced movies that I've seen in a while, where both sides agree. And I think that'll be interesting to watch. I think that's an interesting barometer to get as we get into yeah. a more modern audience. I think right. So when these movies came out, so I think that that'll be relevant going forward. Um, Silence of the Lambs wins in 1992 with Sir Anthony Hopkins taking home Best Actor for 12 minutes of screen time. Uh, this is also the year when Beauty and the Beast won everything for its work in the 91 Oscars. Unforgiven by Clint Eastwood was the movie made in 1992 that won Best Picture the following year and will see Aladdin in the 93 awards as well, which came out this year. Uh, we did add another one. Uh, this one I do remember talking about. Um, we're going to be adding Emmy winners as well. Uh, outstanding comedy series, Murphy Brown won. And outstanding drama series was Northern Exposure, which I don't I don't know what that is. I've heard of it, but not seen it. I know what Murphy Brown is, obviously. I yeah, think I know this what this category Brown is, is going to be super interesting adding it because much like when we started with the Oscars for like in the the early parts of the timeline we were like what the fuck is any of this yeah and the emmys i'm sure <laughs> will soon in the soon in the timeline become stuff that we're more familiar with so i figured we'd start adding that in um yeah. we had some interesting stuff in the box office so batman returns one top grossing movie in 92 aladdin will beat it out during its lifetime gross but it's a yeah. initial domestic box office run Batman took it for 92. So it's a little bit of a narrow scope on that. Um, Cause I know everyone's going to be like, where's Aladdin? And, and it yeah, did ultimately fuck? make more money, but not in the initial domestic box office run. Batman won. Um, Fern Gully made 32.7 million worldwide on a budget of 24 million. So it was okay, but I mean, not even close to the other animation coming out. Yeah, for what other animated films we've had to this point, I would not call this a success. I would call this just—I no. I would honestly just call this breaking even. It was successful enough, however. Well, to yeah, spawn a to, to spawn a sequel. Holy shit! <laughs> it did. It did well enough to get a direct to VHS sequel, much in the vein of Disney. Um, Fern Gully Two: The Magical Rescue, which came out in 1998. No. I did not pay to watch this movie. <laughs> I, I absolutely, I, that's not happening. I am really excited for our next animated movie, which is Aladdin, and I'll be watching all of those because we've been oh saying how fucking notch the Aladdin sequels are. Dude, they're so good. We'll be getting there, but uh, 
But yeah, apparently the magical rescue uh, focuses on a poacher who steals some baby marsupials and is later defeated by Krista and, and her boyfriend, but Pip, not Zach. Um, so well, yeah, Zach's gone. That Zach's gone forever. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's so dumb. Either way, this is like so stupid. <laughs> Incredibly. Why? Um, Why? I Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? I watched like a YouTube, like what was that? What was Fern Gully 2? Um. And I'm 99% sure I've seen that movie. So that that's embarrassing. Yeah. yeah that's... That's, so there's some rough, like, what the fuck? <laughs> what were you doing? It wasn't something better coming out in 1998. I had to watch that, I guess so. Like, I was, oh, man. I was 11. I was are. way too old to watch Fern Gully 2, The Magical Rescue in 1998. But okay. Yeah, that's, um, that's not great. <laughs> take us to the movie. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the movie. Holy shit. I do want to point out though, like you just said it, and like a Bug's Life in Mulan came out in '98, so like you probably you could have absolutely gotten away with not watching Fern Gully too. I'm yeah, sort of disappointed in 11 year old Lindsay. I didn't need to watch Fern Gully too. It was like a lot better happening. Oh man, but I'm certain that I've seen it. Like looking at it, seeing it, I'm a hundred percent sure that I saw it. So yikes! That means somebody spent money on that for the record because. Features. Oh yeah, because you would have had to. Yeah, you would have had to rent yeah. it unless it was like on... just on that, just for that movie, not for your package of streaming things. You know, my my little zillennials. No, just Back for that movie. Day. Just for only three for days. Fern Gully too. Yeah, for three days, I had access to Fern Gully too. <laughs> um, I thought we'd start out by talking about how this looks and the music and stuff, like we kind of usually do. I I thought this looked like shit. This kind of did look like shit. Um, a lot of stuff isn't explained, like visually. Like, why is like you can watch it and be like, why is Krista's light when she flies blue, but everyone else's is green? Well, we're gonna talk about that because I have. Well, I figured it out, but I also well, couldn't save it. We're gonna get there. We'll talk about yeah. the world building. But like, <laughs> we're coming off of Beauty and the Beast, which just looks stupendous and don't get me wrong guys like there are parts of this movie that looked really good like the opening flying through the rainforest looked awesome that looks really good like flying through the river and the trees and stuff that looks fine where it falls apart is everywhere else any animation for flying looks absolutely horrendous the smoke um, when Maggie first parts the trees and sees it, it's literally someone just stretching the image back and forth. It's oh, not, no. it's not animation. It's just stretching and resizing the fucking smoke image. That's annoying. I, and I just thought like, yeah, some of the nature stuff looked okay. Yeah. But the characters looked really pretty bad. Like they're even just yeah. the way they were drawn, like, Krista's like purple for some reason through a lot of the at point she's purple at some point she's gray at some point she's like I don't even know what and there's no note in here um and this is something that adults got noticed because Jessica Rabbit has ruined my life um this the style in which 
Krista is drawn. Dude, she's got hips for days. Oh, totally. She's thick. Like, Krista's really hot. Yeah. I had a crush on Krista, totally. But then, like, when you watch it, her eye color changes, or, like, there's weird transitions of color. Like, I think it's supposed to be shading, but they're never fucking clear on it. Yeah, it looks really bad, and it happens with a lot of the characters. Like, there's there's scenes in this where Zach looks like he just walked out of a tanning bed that would have given him, like, oh, yeah. stage five cancer. Absolutely. Like, he's, like, the, it's, and it's weird that it's their skin tone, and I think it is supposed to be shading, but a lot of these characters, like coloring changes dramatically through the movie into where like she's like looks purple and gray and sickly through a lot of it it's really strange yeah uh but the fact that it's inconsistent is what bothers me the most i think yeah this movie also has an obsession with partially coloring parts of someone's hand like when they do the magic which they don't explain why zach can or can't do it or why his hand turns green when he touches krista they don't explain that at all um but his fingers will glow like from the knuckles down to the tips of his fingers will glow. And then when he finds out that there's oil in the water, his hand is covered in oil again, but only from his knuckles to the tips of his fingers. And I'm just like, this is a weird animation choice because I get it. Like you're trying to show like realism and his hand is wet or whatever, but like, it's, it's just too defined. It just looks like they couldn't, they just like, they're like, we're just going to recolor his hand real quick is that cool that's cool all right it was it was done cheaply right yeah very much so for being 24 was 24 million dollars to make this movie yeah this looks this does not look like a 24 million dollar movie no and it was like a major passion project like they should and this is produced by by 21st century fox like this should be better than it is you're coming Um, off of star wars guys let's go jesus well, and after Beauty and the Beast and Rescuers Down Under, like that, this is what people are are and and the Little Mermaid, right? Even though Little Mermaid didn't use caps, it looked way better than this and came out. Little Mermaid was eighty nine. Yeah, I'm gonna say this too. There's a problem with your movie if American Tale looks better. Yeah, yeah. I agree because American Tail does look better than this, like by magnitudes. Yeah, I can actually believe that, like, he's a cat the whole time. I don't have to be like, <laughs> is he covered in like soot or what the fuck? Like, I know there were some characters that looked good. The lizard looked good, for instance. Um, and you oh, can yeah. see caps when, like, when Zach and Batty fly over the leveler, which, as we will discuss at length momentarily, is like straight take, like, Avatar takes that straight up. Oh um, yeah, 100%. We're, we're going to talk at length about that in a second, but I just want to throw that out there. Like that scene's in Avatar. But uh you can see the caps when they fly over the leveler, but they don't have the money to use it through the whole thing and it was shitty looking caps. It kind of looked like I don't know, like worse than Well, Batty uh, can't fly straight. Like anytime you see him, he turns around like he's on a string and then he turns back around the other way. Same with Krista. She doesn't fly straight. She like it. It's like a weird angle off. And there's no corrective like curving of the contrail that comes off the magic from her like glowing. It's just like a torch. It's just not done very well. Is yeah. It? And they even like I thought it, it was looks weird unfinished. A lot of the time. I think that's what I'm gonna say. It looks unfinished. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes where they're like flying and they're hovering and their wings don't beat. 
and they're just oh, their wings don't flap at all. Floating, ever. And it's I like, don't think I've ever seen on? them. Yeah. It's really, it's really strange. So it didn't, but it wasn't horrible either. Like the scenes at night where the where the forest glows again. Yeah, that was cool. Also in Avatar. Avatar. Um, yeah, bioluminescence. Yeah, and when they go like under in their sexy sea cave scene, some of it looks good, but it's not anything like what they should be able to do at this point. And I just kind of can't believe they thought this was good enough to put out in 92. Um, And kind of same with the music. The music was, this movie was weird because it was a musical. There are songs that are diegetic, like Batty's song that are like a musical. And there's a lot of non-diegetic music like the sexy swim scene. So it's really in between. We have not seen a movie with this non-diegetic movie, uh, non-diegetic sound in a minute. Most of the animated films we've been getting lately, and including the ones we didn't cover, like um, Oliver and Company, it's a musical and it's diegetic. And this has both and it's fucking weird it, and not very good. It's not even that it's not really good. Apparently there's an Elton John song in here. Yeah. It, the uh, I can't remember if it's the sexy pool song or the listen to the rainforest song, but one of them is Elton John. It, in any case, it's not memorable. It's not like, oh, yeah, that Elton John song that was so good and Fern goes yeah. randomly. Like it's they pulled out all the stops. They got all the big names and the movie still wasn't very good. And like, what's going on? Like the baddie song's probably the best. It's a rap and it's totally not the best. Hexus's song is the best. He talks about. You basically get everything you need to know about him in his song. Batty is oh well, you do the same thing in Baddies too, and it's definitely not as catchy. Um Texas's song should be in a strip club. And I'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, Baddies is first of all, Batty is like the best part of this movie. I'm just gonna say it right now. Batty yeah, and Hexus definitely. are the best parts of this movie. He is fucking hilarious because everything he says is completely improv. Yeah, and they recorded some ridiculous amount of Robin fourteen Williams. hours. Yeah, yeah, it's part of my. It was one of my little things from rumor requirement. But he, Batty, was originally only supposed to have about eight minutes of screen time in this movie. But after Croyer saw all of this stuff that Robin Williams had recorded, it's like fourteen, fifteen hours of stuff. He was like, "Dude, we have to keep him like on screen." Holy shit! Yeah, I enjoyed Batty, and I enjoyed the Batty rap. I enjoyed the uh, the mm-hmm. logic is erratic. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. Like, yeah. I liked, it was. <laughs> but you know, I, overall, how does mm-hmm. Hexus's song go? Which one is that? It's Toxic Love. Oh Where yeah, okay. Like, ooh, okay. Ah, ooh, Toxic Love. <laughs> it's all like that's the whole song, and then he sings about like egg chow mein. Because he's talking about yeah. like oil and grime and shit. Yeah. Batty's song is better, I think. It is. But no, it, it totally is. Batty's song is also like 30 seconds long. It's kind of shitty. I wish it was longer. Well, and this is what's so weird about it. It's like the mu- they're trying to make this a musical or have like good music, but they're kind of trying to have it have a little bit of everything and it kind of doesn't work. Um, it's kind of like a the- hodgepodge of ideas. Yeah, like I don't know that you get to have the like fancy Elton John non-diegetic background music over your montage and then also have the baddie rap. I'm not sure that's from the same movie. I'm a little bit yeah. like confused about what's, you know what I mean? So it was weird. I enjoyed the lyrics of a lot of 
like you said, like the egg chow main thing. Like there's a lot of like modern day references in the music that's funny and very 90s and very Renaissance. And we like that, but it's just not really at the same level that Disney's able to do it through the Renaissance. So it falls super short. It's like trying to be as good as the Disney movies. And it's just, it's just not. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say, like, <clears throat> because it does kind of come back around the, the animation for smoke hexus is it's like, whatever it's fine. He's just like a big pillowing smoke thing. He looks like, uh, Jay Leno. Um, <laughs> but, uh, when he goes into, I'm going to make a dragon ball Z reference here, but when he goes into his final form, um, I understood he, that reference. Uh, good. <laughs> um, that is literally some of the Christmas animation in this entire movie. Yeah, he looks cool when he's like at the very end when he's like yeah, skeleton hex. I called him Toxic Ghost Rider. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic Ghost Rider looked cool. I will yeah. give you that. That was there were he was probably the coolest looking thing in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Him and the lizard. The yeah, Gowana. The lizard looked good. The Gowana. Yeah, which is the same thing as that Joanna is. Yeah, and they look nothing alike. They don't. Not at all. <laughs> this movie not was like, yeah, remotely. fine, whatever. Not even close. Yeah. Um, so, Can we I talk know about everybody Avatar knows now? this, but yeah. like, yeah, but like, <laughs> this is Avatar, right? Like, where I'm like really here for that reading of Avatar of being like, that's the live action Fern Gully. And we just didn't want to call it that because it's it would be kind of an in name only because it's very, it doesn't have any of the same characters, but it is the same movie. So, Human gets brought down, or in Avatar's case, up to size, yeah. learns the way of the natives and who live in like symbiosis with nature. They have to fight against their prior employers and the giant machines trying to destroy said nature. Like, dude in unnaturally sized body falls in love with native girl and learns compassion <laughs> for nature. Boy gets found out for being one of the bad guys and sells out his original people to save the forest. And and then it, the only real difference is that Zach goes home to be an environmental activist and what's his name in Avatar like joins the Navi. For well, he becomes sequels. a Navi. Yeah. The only like so that that and, happened at the end of Avatar. Not well, me. yeah, for real. Um, the only other major difference is the humans that he like rebels against. They're the only villains in Avatar. There is no Hexus in Avatar. Right. That's the big difference. But that's like, like the biggest difference. And honestly, you could make the argument, and we'll talk about it more when we get to Pocahontas, but Avatar is just Pocahontas. Also Pocahontas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely an argument for that. Um, mm -hmm. They're there for resources. The dude doesn't care about the resources. He just wants to learn from the natives and go on this adventure. Holy shit, that native is pretty dope. I want to be just like you guys. The mm -hmm. natives who wanted them out of there fight against them. They want the resources. The guys who want the resources get defeated. It's it's the same story. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And and you're right. Hexus is the big difference because in Fern Gully we have this thing that's not man, right? Yes. Um, and he is so he is terrifying. Like he's for sure. Every time a millennial hears about pollution, they're picturing Hexus. Right? Hexus, like, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we totally all think that right for years as children like oh no yeah. no definitely defeat hexes yeah like <laughs> um yeah and avatar 
the and and in Pocahontas, the goal all along is to break into the special forest land and take the resources. That's always the plan. Yeah. Um, in Fern Gully, Hexus brings them into Fern Gully. Like they weren't going to go that deep, at least not so quickly. They probably well, they weren't even supposed to. He makes them go. Well, and here's the other thing that's like interesting about that. You would assume watching the movie that Fern Gully is just what the fairies call it. But then when Hexus pretends to be the the foreman or whatever over the speaker, he tells them to go specifically to Fern Gully, which means that the humans know that's what it's called. Yeah, and I think that ultimately, because they were pretty close anyway to Fern Gully when they, they would have gotten there eventually. Before yeah. Hexus, I think they would have gotten there eventually. But Hexus was like, go straight in, no breaks, right? No, you know, yeah, and that's what they talk about over time. You know, no breaks, no days off, go straight in. Yeah. Because he does the little lisp thing. He's like, double shit. No yeah. breaks. I don't know why. That's just crazy. I love him, dude. I He's a great. It's Tim, Tim Curry, Curry and he's yeah, coming Tim off Curry. two years ago. You guys, he had just done Pennywise. So Tim Curry is fully in his, I only play villains now phase. <laughs> yeah. Like scary fantasy villains. That's the other thing that makes Pocahontas different from Avatar and Fern Gully, right? Is that there's no fantasy element. It's just in, Governor Radcliffe. In so yeah. many words. There's some fantasy in Pocahontas, but a talking like the tree. mother tree and the grandma. Yeah. Like they all kind of have <laughs> this in common too, like the matriarchal magic figure who did yeah. like all the, all the stories have that. Um, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, there is a matriarchal kind of like wise woman in all of them. Yeah, but, yeah, it, but I crazy. think Pocahontas stands aside because of the human characters. Because yeah, in Avatar and in Fern Gully, you have these like fantasy, like fae kind of characters who live. Yeah. In the forest, um, versus, you know, people, indigenous people. But it's all the same thing, right? It's the indigenous population. It's one way or another. Yeah, that's it's the, the whole thing. Population. That's what it comes down to, uh, fantastical or otherwise. Um, and they're all, of course, like environmental films. And we're going to see this more and more, right? And we've mm -hmm. started seeing it more and more, like looking at you land before time, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. This movie at the end is dedicated to our children and our children's children. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. That was and I thought it was really cool. And then we're gonna get this. This kind of goes away for a little bit. Um, in the 2000s when we are focused more on the terrorist things that happened in the world. We don't really care about the environment anymore. And then out of nowhere in 2011, they were like, Hey, what if we made the Lorax? But we made well, the Lorax entirely about the trees. That. And Wally, that's right. Sorry. Wally was like 2008. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, yeah, there's, it's starting to pick up now. We'll get this. We'll get Pocahontas. I'm pretty sure there's some more environmentally focused stuff. I'm pretty sure that's half of the conversation in Jurassic Park is about the environmental changes. Yeah, too, so. right. Like it's definitely prominent. While I agree that um, terrorism was a theme. There yeah, was for like, a while. Yeah, and then what you actually it's interesting, like speaking of the Lord of the Rings, right? Um one of the reasons I believe that the Lord of the Rings was as well received as it was, put aside from the fact that it was fucking great, like that film series, obviously it was great. But mm -hmm. audiences weren't really hungry for fantasy, especially live action fantasy before that. And yeah. one of the reasons it was so palatable and acceptable is because this idea of like just straight good versus evil yeah you know was very palatable to a post 9 11 audience 
mm-hmm. who are really ready to see like you know we were a little less into our independence day style movies like no one wanted to see the white house get blown up like it was all too real yeah um kind of like how someone made contagion today nobody wants to watch that oh right? fuck it's no, too dude. Re- it's too real even though yeah, i why- like everyone else watched contagion at the start of 2020 like don't oh, don't worry everybody we all did. Did. come on like, yeah but they wouldn't make that movie today and they wouldn't have made independence day after 2001 after 9-11 but they were no. able to do the lord of the rings and have this big just evil is defeated pretty straightforward story that like honestly today to an audience that's more prone for something like a game of thrones where there's a lot of like gray area or like moana is it the bad guy is it not the bad guy is the you know the, all that kind of nuance like audiences right after yeah. 9-11 were like nah just give me like let's just yeah. defeat evil i don't want That's coloring good. books i want black and white books yeah like, give it to me straight i just yeah. want to kill the bad guys like yeah so when you get a lot of that in like just about every show we have right here or just about every i'll use marvel as an example but a lot of marvel villains are the i can understand your point villains it's not just like destruction for destruction's case like good versus evil you felt for loki you felt for killmonger you they don't do a good job very much i'm just saying it because i love him but you felt for ultron ultron was made to like hell and thanos like you were like dude okay yeah like i get it i can't nothing wrong thanos did nothing wrong well it was like the meme that i think i sent you earlier this week right of like disney villains like bad guys in the early oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah right that like it was like bad guys in the 90s sang and bad guys in the 2000s 2000s yeah uh i can't remember exactly what it said but it definitely talked about the 2010s being where it's like is it a bad guy or a good guy like very like all of the stuff you're talking about in marvel mostly happened in the 2010s Right. Yeah. And now it's like generational trauma and family that gaslights you because millennials yeah. are now writing the shit. Dude, it's all uh, <laughs> every time I hear that, too, it just I haven't seen it all the way through. I started it, but then my nephews came over uh, is Encanto. Everyone uses Encanto as the gaslighting flagpole. Yeah, totally. You should watch Encanto. It or Tenpole, sorry. Watch this movie. Um, anyway, <clears throat> suffice to say, this is about the environment. Um, yeah. And. I, like, in my research for this episode, heard a lot of admittedly older reviews complaining Mm -hmm. about this being preachy about the environment. And I just want to say, for the record, to anyone who may find this to be preachy, that perhaps we should maybe start to consider forming a committee (laughs) to discuss what might be done, possibly, to deal with the man-bear-pig problem. And also, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) seriously you should have seen my rage watching some of this stuff on this movie like just seeing what people were saying about it and i'm just like yo sit the fuck down are you kidding me well and that's the thing like you got this was back in the early 90s when everybody was like climate change climate change yeah but like reviews that came out like six seven years ago or some of the things i was seeing okay where right like they're a little bit older reviews who are like oh this movie was so preachy and i'm like fuck you dude dude like, come on oh god damn it <laughs> yeah. pull your head out of your ass i just i'm like climate change is real so there's my soapbox about that um also I, we did i didn't talk about this earlier but this uh we'll kind of talk about it in a minute but um we're back in australia and it <laughs> it just cracks me up that this is like a wildlife preservation thing 
when so many of the jokes about Australia is like every three inches, there is another animal that could kill you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but in, in this, it's like we saw how nightmarish Zach's first couple like hours in the forest were. Like he almost gets eaten by iguana. He's like walking past poisonous caterpillar and shit. And I just think it's funny that at the end we're like, we have to protect this. Like, I just like I get it, we do, but I was also just like, Zach could have died from so many fucking things. It's like leave it alone. Just yeah. let let nature be nature. <laughs> or what's the family? Like, Damn, nature, you scary. Yeah, like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the same thing happens in Avatar, right? Isn't there a montage of like always oh, yeah. the forest almost kills him before? Yeah, he, he falls out of, like- out of the tree. There's like panther things that almost get him. There's yeah, dude, it's 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 like live in symbiosis with nature and like be put. That's the thing. No well, and also just to. have sort of this like hierarchy situation where like Christus like spit him out and he's like, well, if he's a friend of a fairy, and I'm like, oh, I see who's in charge of the forest. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this it touches on obviously pollution is the big one and deforestation. And those were kind of the two big uh, environmental focuses of the early 90s of like things that people knew how to talk about. It was like pollution because this is around the time I would have to look up the dates, but this is for sure around the time that um, like some of the, the major accords and like international agreements around pollution caps and like trying to stop, you know, smokestacks and things like just yeah dumping in the rivers dumping in rivers and the waste and all that shit yeah shit that's kind of obviously illegal now like you can't dump toxic waste was not right it was time. like we were just starting the conversations you know what yeah. actually i didn't even realize this until baddie's song um this is also when people started becoming more aware of animal testing exactly I yeah. I compl- I was just like wait that's what his song is about I thought he was just like experimented on kind of like a rats of nim situation but no right. he was like a cosmetically tested animal yeah and he puts on lipstick yeah, yeah he puts on lipstick and they say that all of the um all of the products that they sell are non I think he says non carcinogenic but yeah he does. Um, yeah, it's I'm just like, holy shit, dude, this is like way more aware than I actually thought. Yeah, and and cosmetic testing on animals, those bans didn't start to come in until the early 2000s. And yeah. I remember as a kid hearing about that a lot, like that it was a big cultural topic mm-hmm. of like, you know, organizations like PETA and Greenpeace and stuff like really pushing hard against it, like as they should, obviously. Yeah. And there are new bans being put in on this as early as this year. Oh, yeah. But um, what I did really like about the message of this movie is that at the end, and the end is so fast, like all these movies in the early 90s and the end of the 80s, it's just like two seconds and it's over. That was my first thought when this ended. I was like, wait, did we just like pan over and now it's, oh shit, it really is over. Like there's no like, this is what the force is like now. It's like, okay, Zach's gone. Let's end the movie. Yeah, like- no, it's just done. It's the movie just ends. <laughs> Um, but all it really takes to take out Hexus at the end of the day, like for them to be capable of stopping him, uh, is for humans to just turn the machine off and let nature take back control. Yeah. Um, and I think the message was that like it's it's ultimately up to the people to stop feeding the destruction. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was actually really well done because once if they had kept the engine on, he would have been able to destroy everything. Krista couldn't have done shit. But because Zach turns off the engine. 
he can be defeated by nature taking him back over, right? It takes its yeah. it's 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 rightful place. The tree's able to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really really well done. That it's like, especially to the arguments that were being made at the time around climate change, which again, fuck you. But <sighs> there was a lot of like, this is a naturally occurring thing, and some people still try to say that. And if that's you, please feel free to no longer listen to this podcast. Climate change is a thing, <laughs> but like. <laughs> That was like a big, like what was considered a reasonable debate in the 90s was to say, is is global warming just supposed to be happening anyway, or are we accelerating it? Which obviously we are, right? All the science says that we are enormously, mm-hmm. but there was what they considered to be a reasonable debate about that in the early 90s. And I think this is a cool way of addressing it, of saying like, yeah, we absolutely are, because if we turn the machine off, nature will take back the natural order. It'll go back to the way it's supposed to be. They'll take care of it. Even if there are evils that occur naturally, even if some of this does happen on its own, we have we are responsible for turning the turning off the key. I enjoyed that. I thought that was very well done. It's smarter than anything I anticipated to see out of this movie. Yeah. That was the only thing <laughs> in this movie that I considered to be smart. So No, and that's that's well i wouldn't say it's the only thing i think the whole cosmetic animal testing thing was pretty good but that is probably the best the best part of it and you also get a really good counter imagery of it when mankind and fairies live together the destruction hexus causes forces human beings to leave the forest but the he's not he's still not strong enough to withstand magi trapping him in a tree Exactly. He's not stronger than the natural order. Yeah, it's only when humans are involved that he's strong enough to overcome the natural order. Exactly. And that's basically what his whole song is about, is um, greedy human beings will always lend a helping hand. Yeah, exactly. I do agree, and I do really like that imagery. Um, I'm going to, because it's like a lot shorter of a section and we are kind of on it, I'm going to jump down real quick to Hexus. Just yeah. because he is actually our first animated villain who his motives are based purely on purpose. He is a he is a literal force of nature. He is the force of destruction. And he, mm-hmm. he emerges when the first volcano explodes or however the movie explains it. The first volcano. Maybe there's like he was like all over the place. Um but the thing that I thought was really cool is he's very similar to Pennywise who Tim Curry had literally just played two years ago. Um, but they are both borderline omnipotent. He says in his song that he sees the world and all of the creatures in it. Like he, he knows what is happening in the world. He immediately knows how to use the speaker box to trick the guys into, uh, going to Fern Gully, he knows what breaks and double shifts and all of that stuff is. Yeah. He's he's very aware of like what's happening around him. But their biggest similarity is they are 100% reliant on the environment around them. Hexus cannot exist or cannot grow in power without poisons and like destruction and stuff. Mhm. For that same thing, Pennywise can't exist unless there's something to terrify him and feed on. It's it's the same thing, um, but where they where the biggest difference and the one of the things I do really like about Hexus is he is he as a force of nature, he is just pure chaos. He is disorder. He is he's destruction. Everything he does 
is just the basis form of purpose. That's all he is. He is just a, a wall of death. Which I kind of like. I mean, even though I think I'm more drawn to like more nuanced and character driven villains than you are. Well, you, but no, like there's, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you like bad guys that are just bad for the sake of it. God, right? I love like that's your favorite kind of bad guy. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I think I prefer the more character driven ones. Well, it's but, it gives you something to think about. I think is what a lot of people like about it. Yeah. I kind of like those more, you know, the 2010 type villains that yeah. <laughs> are more ambiguous for sure. But Hexus is a great example of that kind of villain. That's your favorite kind, right? Where it's yeah. like he he's better than like, for instance, the bad guy in the Black Cauldron, which like low bar. For oh sure. my god, hella low bar. But, but like like the lowest bar. <laughs> like speaking of James Cameron. <laughs> even his like motives are just power it's not even like he's evil for evil's sake he's just a bad guy that wants power and he uses evil means to get it hexus he you can't really classify what hexus is as bad or good because he needs to exist like force of nature is a really good way to describe him and it's very fitting with the environmental message of the film absolutely yeah totally um, and how much he's fed on, like you say, by his environment and by people like is like further like carries that theme on like that part of this movie is pretty well done. Yeah. Uh, we're, what we're missing, though, is like the missing like 15 minutes from the start of the movie that does the world building. We'll talk about that yeah. with Krista a little more. But um, also, we have talked about like how cool he looks, but. I know I you actually had a have question to about with this. this. Yeah, I do agree with your assessment of this, but please ask your question. No, you, it was your question. Or, yeah, it was my question. That's right. So <laughs> <clears throat> when he becomes toxic ghostwriter, which is like, <laughs> it's just the coolest looking thing. It, he's this big, like oil covered skeleton, but it's like, he's got fire. He breathes fire. He's like glowing red eyes and all this cool looking shit. And you're like, dude, this is like, they're fucked now. There's and for background, to- this is after the, after they shut the machine off. Machine. Yeah. So you think he's off. gone. Yeah. And um, he rises back in, in, in purple flame form. Yeah. From purple flame. And he just like appears and like the toxicity is like a cape and he just, everything about him looks badass. And you're like, oh, shit, dude, they're fucked. Like, he's just going to start burning shit. All he has to do is breathe on Fern Gully and they're going to blow. No, he doesn't do anything. He literally can't do anything. Krista flies into his mouth and just starts doing that whole uh, childhood fear where if you swallow a watermelon seed, the watermelon's going to grow up in your fucking stomach. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. She just starts making a tree grow from within him. Yeah, nature takes back over. Yeah. And I think your observation is pretty, pretty spot on that he it's his emaciated form. Yeah, I think when he has when he's like able to suck on the fumes and stuff and drink all the oil, like he starts out as this like yucky blob of oil Mm -hmm. and evolves up into this like kind of like the pollution genie. He looks a lot like (laughs) Jay Leno, the pollution genie. (laughs) 
he connective does. tissue with Aladdin. Like oh this, my God. it's like wild. But yeah, <laughs> when he turns into the pollution genie, that's his like. I think what they're trying to say is this is him all like bulked up, yeah, and scary looking, and he kind of looks like Betamax. Like he's very like he's just a. Is that the thing's name from Big Hero Six? Oh, Baymax, Betamax. <laughs> what is it, Baymax? Whatever. B a y m a x. You know what I was just thinking Whatever. though. He if and it would make sense that that's his more powerful form because he can't be physically dealt with. He's yeah, he's smoke. all both He's like huge. He's like they, but he can make physical contact with things. Like when he destroys part of the leveler to knock Batty away, mm. he can make physical contact with things. But like a human could never deal with that. You could no. not. There's nothing you could do to that. And I think he's supposed to look, I think the the artist's intention here, the director's intention is to make him look emaciated and yeah. weaker when he's in, in skeleton form. Like he's like, I, again, I think what they're trying to say is like without people, like this kind of thing can still this exist. Is, the yeah. climate will still change. That's true. But he's but just too not weak the way to that be. it will when you turn the key on, right? Yeah, he's, this exactly. can be This can be put back into its natural order. Um, and it's not the same thing as when people are interfering and contributing to climate change right like that's yeah. what it's trying to say and it's really spot on and like i actually do really like science. that yeah yeah i do like, really like that i'm like okay this is like totally reasonable but i like that he does come back that he's not destroyed by turning a machine off he's just able to be defeated by the fairies they couldn't right. have defeated him when he was still not just because the machine was going to tear down the trees i think hexus even if the machine had just stayed parked oh he could have been able yeah, to if it was on he would have been they fine just needed the motor running yeah, yeah and all it takes is turning the key off and i like that part of the message too of like it actually doesn't take that much for us to like, to change things yeah well maybe in 92 anyway now we're all well, fucked yeah, everybody get ready like, but shit. you know now it's over but uh but well, and Zach even says it too. <laughs> There's still time. Um, but <sighs> Zach does make the comment when they're walking away, um, things have gotta change. And mm-hmm. so he he's he makes them aware of like what's happening. But the other the last piece of imagery I love with Hexus is that um not only does he get imprisoned in the tree, but the leveler becomes part of the tree. It's like, yeah. it and then they grow, they show that beauty comes from destruction. Like destruction is necessary. It is in, it is a part of nature. Again, Hexus is a force of nature. He has to exist. Like a volcano has to erupt. But what happens when a volcano erupts? The, the particles and the, the stuff inside magma create some of the great, greatest soil for farming ever. So it is a necessary thing. And then the tree that grows from from his prison is gorgeous. It's massive and it's got all this like foliage all over it and it's teeming with life. And it just kind of shows like what can happen if we accept that there are things that have to happen. But like if you remove the human aspect of it by covering up the leveler with the tree, you get things that are supposed to happen that that are supposed to happen naturally. Well, I think, I think it's like, yeah, yeah. The other thing that's, so we have all of this sort of like intelligent commentary on climate change that's happening yeah, let's, through this Let's movie. get away from all that. But here's, <laughs> here's what's not sensible. 
is the world building as far as the fairies go and their powers on what they actually do. Because it's all very well and good to say nature takes it all back. Huzzah, yay, Fern Gully. But also, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Krista sucks, first of all. She does. And I don't understand, like, what you're saying about the fairy lights, like, and Maggie. And it's like, so she is Maggie's apprentice. She is Maggie's apprentice. She is supposed to be taking over from Maggie eventually. If you pay attention when Maggie flies towards the end of the movie, she is also the only one that that glows yeah, blue. Yeah, she and Krista are, like, special in that they glow yes. blue. Like, there's something about them that's like, this is why Krista's been chosen. And exactly. It's like, there's something innate about her. And this this exists in that old other part of the multiverse we're always talking about. Yeah, where we have 15 minutes of a movie that we to don't. 20 minutes of a movie that don't. Yeah. Where's her Where's mom? The, Why does her dad sound and look just like the Sultan from Aladdin? Like, what yeah, is going is on Why is this also somehow Aladdin is a question yeah. that's happening through all of it. Um, where her mom is, I don't care so much about as much as like. No, I just mean like we don't have answers that. to this stuff. And yeah, how did she get picked? Is Maggie like, how are the fairies like. Was she born that way? And then they're like, oh, my God, it's the next Maggie. Like, she's the next guardian of the forest. But also, what is Maggie? Because she yeah. says that all of them have the power to do that. And so, they all do turn blue when in the big conclave of fairies. Okay, so they that's all my... turn blue for a second. <laughs> that's absolutely my favorite part because literally nothing happens from that. She brings all the fairies together. It's this huge whirlpool of fairy magic. And then Maggie dies. But you think like she warped the trees to spin around and create this like protective cocoon. But as soon as Maggie dies, the trees open back up. Yeah. And like, why does she die? And what does she die for? What does it accomplish? What changes? What it, Nothing happens except for Krista eventually Krista has takes to like, over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she like comes into her power. I don't know what the fuck it has to do with everybody else or Maggie unless Maggie had to die to pass on her power. To pass it on. Why didn't yeah. Maggie just do it? Like, why did she have to? And there's no storyline about like, Krista, fucking pay attention to me. But yeah. she says that for like one second in the, in beginning. the beginning. And this is why you have to know because of the last alliance of elves and men. The, and I'm like, <laughs> but you're not really like, we're definitely missing 15 minutes where she like interacts with her dad and like they mm -hmm. talk about her like weird unspoken engagement and... to Pip. And like, just... yeah, that was the other thing I didn't get. Like, she very clearly is not attracted to Pip. They're just friends. And he's like, I want to put it in your fairy box, but like touches her a lot, a lot, dude. I'm like Christian Slater. She, let's settle it down, man. She doesn't always push him off. I don't know if you, she doesn't. That's the thing. When um, I can't remember what it is. The eagle, when the hawk comes down and chases her, she like immediately runs to him. So like, are they together? Or are they not together? Does she want to yeah. be with him? Are they not? I just it was. I couldn't figure it out. It's ambiguous because there's definitely like vibes that she's not into it, but there's vibes that she is into it. Yeah. But then Zach comes along and she's like, let me take you in this weird crystal cave. And like, oh, you came out of the water a little aggressive. I'm going to disappear real quick. But then she's in the water and she throws what I can only describe as the most blatant. There should be flares and fireworks going off. Come fuck me eyes. I've Second only to Nala. Second only to Nala. That's very true. Dude. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's very confusing. And she has no she she shows she shows Zach off to Pips and says, Look what I found. Yeah. Isn't he amazing? Isn't he great? And it's like And he's just like this weird did you, creature. What do you think is going on? Like, why are you 
it's very weird the way that she like shows him off to pips as though he's like yeah. an object but has like no like pips is immediately jealous but there's sort of no awareness of that on krista's end like her relationship with all of them is ambiguous because she and and freaking john smith over here don't hook up either <laughs> no he leaves and she's like not upset about it not sad there's no yeah. moment that's like i don't want to live without you like they just it's zach scary. says it zach's like a part of me wants to stay here and she's like a part of you will always be here now get out he's like it doesn't matter to me i'm gonna hook up with pips like, yeah i, I still got like, pip you see this what? dude without a shirt on over here like, yeah, this guy's been naked the whole movie, and yeah. so am I, and we've been all over each other. Like, honestly, the amount of like skin to skin contact between the two of them is like maybe the most that we see. Yeah, I don't know. Aladdin and Jasmine maybe are both pretty naked, but like that's true. I just again, why is this movie Aladdin? But okay, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, she's I, also dumb. I'm sorry, but she is also very dumb. Like, there's a difference between being naive and being just outright dumb when she picks up the knife you would know immediately that's a sharp edge you could tell that that was a sharp edge right and it's not like she lives in a forest where there aren't thorns or fangs or teeth but she's still like waving it around and like poking at him and shit and i'm just like can we not grabbing like at you, the fire i'm like surely magic oh, taught yeah. you what fire does like surely you've seen lightning a strike a fucking tree before or something yeah, like there's there no fires. way yeah that was kind of the irritating part i think the only thing the only thing that makes sense for that scene to me is that he did it himself but then he's like it's fire and she's like "Ooh," and i'm like okay you have to know what that is why don't you know anything about anything? Like, it's as though she had never spoken to Maggie. Oh, I know. Well, and here, like, <laughs> the movie does this, like, weird thing where it tries to explain power through glowing events. Like, when she touches the tree, her hand glows red, and that's supposed to emphasize pain. I get that. That's pretty straightforward. I've played a video game before. I understand what happens when you blink red. Yeah. Um, yeah right. <laughs> like. I've been hit by a boss or two. What irritates me is after she burns herself, Zach grabs her hand and then his hand glows green and then her hand glows green and she's no longer hurt. Yeah. What's the the glowy hand? They do a glowy hand thing together. A I, I lot. think it's showing like, can he get fairy powers? Like, I think it's showing because it, he at one point feels the tree's pain and he's like, oh shit, I didn't feel that before. Like she mentioned yeah. it to me, but and now I can feel it. It's like he's becoming more fairy. I mean, Maggie says but that all living things can use the power. Right. I think maybe it's part of that, but the, it's part of the missing. I would argue this thing might be missing 20 minutes because yeah. Fern Gully was credits included. 72 minutes long oh yeah so i think this maybe could have been a little bit longer especially this could have been like an afternoon special this wasn't even like a movie this shouldn't have been in theaters it's weird that it was so short especially because we're getting longer films in the disney renaissance yeah like definitely. this is when animated movies started to get more of that time and they were like really moving into like like for instance beauty and the beast was screened to adults not kids like there there's no reason that this can't be a solid hour and a half oh yeah you know or an hour 40 there's yeah. really no mermaids like 145 like there's really no reason it can't be that long and that's what we're missing because there is no story about like where zach it would be cool if zach like got 
tree powers and they work together to to defeat hexes like, yeah right? if like, he, he had been like if he had helped the tree grow i get it he had to have his own part and he had to undo the the things that he did like he had to undo his involvement by turning the leveler off but i think it would have been a payoff for all of this hand glowing rave glove shit if he, if he had like helped the hexes tree grow I, I, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's weird because then, you know, like he would, <laughs> dude, if I were Zach and we're walking away, I'm like, you guys got to check this shit out. Touch the tree that we cut down. Like it's going to hurt your hand. And the two guys are just like, are you fucking nuts? <laughs> right. Well, I would have liked too if Krista had given him, for instance, the gift of fairy flight, which they mentioned once is we got to get you your own yeah. set of wings, right? We could have done that. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Pip says it to him. Yeah. We, or he like, throws him in the cup of coffee. He could have. We could have explained. Yeah, that was funny. He, he could have explicitly had more gifts of gear, of fairy stuff. Um, yeah. To, but but they didn't have the they didn't have the screen time for whatever reason. So the story is kind of like weird in the world building with all of this. It's like, what does all of it really mean? What's it supposed to tell us about the the themes of the film? And also just in world, like what the fuck is going on? Why is well, this happening? Yeah. Because it's not explained. It's just completely unexplained. And I, I'm like. <laughs> I think that's my biggest right. problem is there are just so many things that don't get explained. No, it's just is happening. And it's like. And I mean, I guess this is why we needed Avatar, right? Where we have like that whole. We need the explanation of like magic yeah. happening and Maggie's there <laughs> and they're bringing him back to life or putting him in his body or whatever happens in Avatar. And like, you know, it's all. It's all in that yeah. alternate multiverse, dude, but like it's well, weird. So the other part of this too is like Krista needs to believe Maggie says at the beginning when she's trying to help the tree grow. Um, the one that's like fallen over and rotted and stuff. Right. Um, she's trying to help the seed grow to cover up the tree to make something new. <laughs> and she's like, Why can't I do it? And Maggie's like, You have to believe in yourself. Maggie then dies. Why does that mean that Krista believes in herself now? I don't know. That was the whole thing. The passing of the power, like what the power meant, why yeah. Maggie died, what everybody flying in the circle accomplished. It did. Like, dude. None of this is clear. There was nothing that happened from that. It was like a total fail. Uh and maybe if we're being really generous, we could say that this is more the environmental theme of like even dope fairy magic didn't do anything until they turned the key off. But See, I think that's I'm, a stretch. That's if the tree had stayed knotted up like that, like fortified, fine, whatever. I'm yeah, fine with that. But it unfurls and it's like, what, what the fuck were we doing here? Why did we all fly here to do this? You know what else was weird about that part of the movie? Mm. And and was another like a deviation uh, that Avatar made, a correction that Avatar, oh, God. Avatar made? <laughs> Is that like... Zach gets outed as being like one of the bad guys and like you knew about this like you were cutting down the trees like he oh, gets yeah. outed for being the bad guy and there is no fallout like there's no, no thing where he has to explain like but I've changed my mind I love you now and like I care yeah. and, like where he has to prove himself it's not they're like you suck all right go help turn the combine off or whatever yeah. it's like <laughs> not the conversation <laughs> it just like doesn't happen and in Avatar and then and Pip Avatar, helps him like they're all mad at him but then Pip like goes and helps him, and it's just like, yeah. what, what the fuck? 
Well, and it's like they're having a character arc that was like otherwise ill-defined because they have a little bit of a rivalry. But rivalry not and then now they're friends. Also, I want you guys to know I'm going to start shaking hands the way they do in this movie. <laughs> shit oh, just cracks stick me up. Stick your like hands that. out in their face. That shit was so funny. <laughs> um, And Pip also, random comment, is a reference to Pip in Midsummer Night's Dream. Midsummer Night's the, Dream. And he has the um the little flute yep. thing. Whatever. Yeah. She shoves flowers in it. That was so funny. This movie is <laughs> yeah, like they, weirdly funny too, but yes, he is based off Shakespeare. Some parts of it are um, baddie in particular, if we're ready to move yeah, into we so a are. larger discussion on baddie. This is where Lindsay gets really upset, you guys. Well, this is like some crazy shit, right? So Fern Gully shares two important things in common with Disney. The fact that it came out the same year as Aladdin and Robin Williams. And we've already talked a lot about like different ways that this is analogous to Aladdin. And they came out like in the same year, both starring Robin Williams, both taking some credit for starting the like celebrity voice trend. And we saw like Cheech and Chonger in this and Christian Slater's in this. And we will talk a lot more about Aladdin in a couple of weeks. I'm going to save some of this because there's a lot more to say about Robin Williams and Aladdin and what happened there. But it did have significant overlap with Fern Gully because the movies were being produced right around the same time. And so Fern Gully was in the works for a long time, but it didn't really take off until they got Robin Williams. And he signed on for this before he was approached for Aladdin. And like the genie, Batty was written for Robin, specifically. Both characters were written for Robin Williams. He had never done voice work before. And both studios were trying to, like, court him to get him to do these movies. So he signed on for Fern Gully before Disney approached him. Ultimately, he agreed to both. And he did want to be part of, like, the Disney tradition of animation. And we will, I'll get into that in more detail when we talk about Aladdin. Because there's a lot more to say on that side, like I said. but um but Katzenberg put a lot of pressure on Robin to leave Fern Gully because they didn't want him in two animated movies. They wanted their thing to be the thing that because they wrote their character for him and they wanted that to work out. Right. They didn't they didn't love that this other studio was doing the exact same thing. And Robin said, no, fuck you, because he was really into the passion project and he was really into. Oh, yeah. He was huge message. on the environmental message. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah, that's in a lot of his stand-up um, mm -hmm. from the early 90s, like late 80s. He talks a lot about, about the environment. And so Katzenberg basically said, fuck you. Like, if you're not going to drop out of Fern Gully, we're going to tank Fern Gully. And they pushed Fox out of every studio that they could find to work in. Disney would go in and offer to pay more and rent out that studio for no fucking reason other than to oust Fern Gully. At one point, they found a brewery that they were going to be able to produce out of, and this is where they were going to work, and Disney tried to buy it and ultimately failed, but they came in and tried to just buy this building to just say, you're not fucking making Fern Gully. Screw you. And it was all because they wanted Robin, um, and they wanted to market the hell out of Robin, which is expressly what he didn't want from Aladdin, and that's what we'll talk about more in a couple weeks. Yeah. but. Um, brutal, brutal tactics on Katzenberg's part to try and tank Fern Gully, which ultimately, like we've said, like this movie does not stand up against Aladdin. Well, that's what I don't, that's, that's the thing I don't get. Like, dude, just let the movie happen. You watched what happened with American Tale, Five Will Goes West. 
like, and then you guys did Beauty and the Beast. You have to know at this point, you're king shit of fuck mountain. Like, yeah, exactly. There's no, no one's going to be able to like, and what does it matter? Like you didn't have anything coming out at the same time. This came, Aladdin came out like months later. Yeah. But they wanted Robin. That's what, so that's what the people who worked on Ferngully say. There's an interview where they talk about this. It's, it's like in variety, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and they wanted Robin. It was about Robin. It was about the stardom. It was about putting that name on their, their animated movie. Right. And his popularity following Hook. And like, and also he had um uh Morgan Mindy and Popeye was a failure. Popeye was a out. failure, but it was a cult, it was becoming a cult classic. And yeah. And then there was one other thing that came out that oh, he'd he'd done Dead Poets at this point. Yeah. And something else. Like he had a couple of Oscar nominations. Like he was like a fully bankable. Like this is somebody you Talent. want. Yeah, you want him on there. This whole thing was over Robin and had nothing and it just had to do with being able to say we have Robin Williams and not be the second movie of the year to say it. Well, they fucked that up. Yeah, and and of course Disney wins out anyway. You know, nobody well, that's remembers. The, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you would have this is one of those movies right up there with like once upon a forest and pebble in the penguin where I don't begrudge people who don't know this movie. No. I, I am totally aware that there are plenty of people who don't know this movie. Yeah, there are. I had friends over for rings of power on Friday and I said, we're doing fern gully. And they were like, what one of my friends knew exactly what I was talking about and was like, Oh my God, dude. And the other was like, wait, what's fern gully. And the friend who knew the movie was like, you'll know it. You just have to see a picture. You don't know that that's you know what, it. That's what do. I'm saying. Yeah. And we showed her an image and she was like, oh my God, that shit. Totally. Like, it's funny. Yeah. Like people, everybody saw this, but nobody totally remembers it. Um, So we talked a lot about Batty being funny and the drama around it, but what's your favorite? Oh my God. Batty quotes. Cause there's Dude. some good ones from, from Robin Williams. The one that cracks me up every fucking time is. First of all, I love the little like switch where instead of fairy tales, they're called human tales. Yeah. I thought that Which, was really again, clever. Total failure of world building though. Cause I was confused I about why that was like what yeah. made it so that I needed to hear more about the last Alliance. But, yeah. yeah and but go on. <laughs> her little monologue in the beginning is basically just her saying like humans never came back to the forest. And so the fairies think they're extinct. Yeah, um, but I'm like, why didn't they? That doesn't make any sense. Why like, didn't they come back? Like, oh, I yeah. Or what was their relationship? And like, why should Krista be a, be afraid or interested in finding them? Or what? Anyway. Yeah, for real. This is very but, much like Aladdin and Little Mermaid. Like, you can't go to the surface. You can't go above the canopy, kind of stuff. Yeah, um, wasn't and but that was so you don't get eaten by a hawk. That was actually really sensible. That was, Not going yeah. above the canopy makes sense. Now, immediately she was in in life threatening danger from go and because she looked like food flat yeah yeah totally um, sensible that you should not go above the <laughs> yeah. that um, was legit advice anyway so like the part they're talking about he's like uh her dad who absolutely is just a pure caricature of the sultan from Aladdin. It's Absolutely. Just, it's, it's the weird. same voice actor. I'm almost this convinced. This guy was being developed first. This is like yes. happening already. This is really, really strange that they, yeah. I have to believe it's pure coincidence. I would, you would think, right? Like, yeah, it, it's it got to be. 
There's no way Disney looked at this and said, that's who we want. That's what that's we want. Our like, guy. That's our guy. That's not happening. So I, I think it, ha- and they're not that, I don't, I don't know, man. I think it's pure coincidence, <laughs> but it is one of the weirdest ones in a movie that has so much in common with Aladdin. Oh yeah. It is one and of the it, weirdest things. It's weird, but he's like, Krista, aren't you a little old to be thinking or to be listening to human tales? And Batty's like, human tales? Humans don't have tails. They wear big, big pants. They walk around going, hi, Helen. And then she, I don't know. Everything that he says is based off things he saw in the lab. Like, Yeah, that's what I liked is noticing all the little <laughs> things that were like clearly shit he'd heard in the lab. And like what he says, like, graduate students, please gather around. <laughs> I liked that. I, some of that was really funny. And I like the way that he like changes channels like that. Mm-hmm. He's like. Well, yeah. I enjoyed that. Price I think he's probably been watching. Bob, price check on prune juice, Bob. And like <laughs> the the funniest part about it to me is that he takes on whatever persona the voice that's coming through his head is. So like if you watch the part where uh, uh, Zach flicks the radio in his head, his ears drop behind him to look like woman's hair, and he sticks his butt out like he's just some like old woman, like caricature of like an older woman in a grocery store, <laughs> and he's yeah. just. It's, that shit cracks me up. Well, and they, this is kind of why they wanted Robin so badly in this and in um, Aladdin, Aladdin, because they're kind of going off by like what he's doing in the booth yeah. and how, like, they're really going off of his stand up. And actually, fun fact the way that they convinced him to do Aladdin was they animated the genie doing some of Robin's stand up. Yeah. Um, and so when they had, but, but being the genie, right. So it was like, he makes a joke about, um, like the clip I saw is like, he's making a joke about schizophrenia and it's like, he says something and he says something back to himself really quickly. The genie grows a second head. Oh yeah. Right. They do it. Like they animate him. Yeah. So I think this is kind of that, right. It's a little bit like it's a stand up routine. Well, yeah, so absolutely. He takes on the, yeah, it's. Robin Williams was great in animation. It's true. They they both both of these studios had a really good idea. Uh, they really to did. bring him on. He's definitely like the writing is definitely better in Aladdin. Like this is much. It's I less think it's because the genie has more, more to do. Like Batty doesn't really Batty isn't really that important until the end of the movie. He's yeah, kind he's of just like another character. Well, yeah, like, and that's he just like says like I love I love when he lands and he's trying to get attention. And he's like, no one cares about me. And Zach goes, I do, Batman. I don't know why. That's just- <laughs> that was funny. It was, was really funny. good. <laughs> I I like their little relationship, too. Like, Batty hates him the whole time. And then they kind of and become they're, friends. Yeah, they're like super chill. He does with hips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and then they have that scene, the Avatar, like you inked directly, where they fly into the, oh, the machine. Yeah, yeah right? we'll get like, into that's that. That's in Avatar, right? Yes, like, it is. Well, so they have the Drakes that fly into like above the ship that's the, carrying. The, it's the same movie, man. It's like it so really wild. Is. Like I can't. I I low key am excited for the second one. I am too. Like, like they do look really good. I'll doubt James Cameron when James Cameron gives me a reason to doubt James Cameron. Yeah, I agree. That's what I think. <laughs> I, I'm like you know same way I feel about Marvel. I'm like. I don't think I need to waste my time being skeptical and mad when I don't like, I know that there's a lot to rip on in avatar, but like, let's not pretend like we didn't go see that. Oh yeah. That you didn't love the movie anyway. Yeah. It was good. I mean, and the biggest takeaway I had coming out of avatar in theaters was fuck. That was such a cool version of Fern Gully. 
Yeah, right. Like, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, because Fern Gully's like pretty sick, but it needs some more time and more world yeah, building. Fern and I'm Gully like, in okay. space. Yeah, that was what it was. And we got all the background and all the things. We understand the power and there's like yeah. consequences for his betrayal. And like, come on, like it's it's Fern Gully with all this shit we're saying. Fern Gully's missing. So I <laughs> yeah. can't be mad at Avatar. Like, it was, it's a I, more fulfilled Fern Gully. Because I'm about to rate this real low, but like, let, let's be clear for everybody here. This is not a movie we would be covering if we didn't both like it. This is not on the Disney timeline. Yeah. We need to remember to put this on the timeline. Like, this isn't a big franchise. This isn't like, we intentionally were like, let's review Fern Gully. That movie yeah. was sick. Like, this is obviously a movie that we liked growing up and saw a lot. And even though we've been ripping what's, on it. And that's what I was going to say. Low. That's what's ironic about this is like I had more fun watching this, rewatching this for the episode than I did Five Goes West. For definite. Five Goes West. Was, and I had fond memories of that, but it was bad. This was not. If we rated Five Goes West above a three, I think we should revise. I don't know what we gave it, but it shouldn't have been higher than that. I don't remember what I gave it. Yeah. I think we were way too generous because I want to give this a five and I think five will goes west should be a three. So yeah. official revision. Yeah. <laughs> fuck five will goes west, man. It turned out to be so bad. Uh, Let's truly. get into the rumor requirement real quick. Yeah. Do, what do we have in the rumor requirement? This is the section folks where we talk about the things that didn't really fit anywhere else. Um mm-hmm. Also, I did it last week on Hook. I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm convinced it's Star Wars pants. If it's not Star Wars pants and it's just supposed to be SW pants, I don't really give a shit um, because your name's awesome either way. And I love talking to you. Um, SW pants just gave me a comment this morning about. um, uh, Was it Land Before Time on (laughs) Instagram? And uh, dude, I, I say it every time. And like, guys, honest to God, like I love hearing from you guys. Lindsay loves interacting with you guys on Twitter. Like if you have questions or you do have comments about the, the episodes, please let us know if there is something you want to hear from us in room of requirement, just hit us up. I will, we'll drop whatever you guys want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Obviously if it has to do with the movie, but you know, or um, other stuff we've reviewed. But yeah, what if, other stuff what if we've we reviewed on Land Before Time. I miss. I haven't been on this. No, one. she. The comment that I saw um, from one of her calling because I don't have my phone in here right now um, is absolutely. It was about uh, Spike could have eaten that whole fucking forest <laughs> just oh, by himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guaranteed, man. A hundred percent should have been voiced by Cheech and Chong. They could have traded. <laughs> <laughs> if he had a voice, it should have been Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Just a combination of the two of them. A thousand right? percent. Um, but also really Tommy Chong, because he's the one who Well, yeah, he, he becomes one of the hyena. Yeah. He's uh in that 70s show, obviously. Right? I don't have a mixed up. No, you have a mixed up. Uh Cheech Marin is the one that's the voice of the hyena. He's the higher pitch one that talks. Yeah, but Tommy Chong, Chong is, is the one from that '70s show where he runs the photo saying. booth, and he's like, "Oh, I lost your film, man!" Like, I love he's, him so much, dude. He's Leo great is his '70s name. show. Yeah. yeah. Um, '70s show. Anyway, room um, of requirement. Uh, this actually bothered me right from the fucking jump. None of the characters have Australian accents. No one yeah. does. And this is canonically Australia. Like I. They t- you even there see it multiple- when you see Zach's license plate or driver's license. 
it says Australia on his driver's license. There's lots of marsupials. Like, it's very definitely Australia. There are rainforests in Australia. There are. Um, They're near Tasmania. Indeed. Uh, They are not the last rainforest, of course. I still don't get that. So who fucking knows what that's about? Maybe it's just, I, you know what? It's just existential threat, right? It's like, <laughs> Humans have already gone through the rest of the rainforest, and this is honestly the last be. one. That might be it. Um, yeah, there is. there are no Australian characters. Uh, the bad guy in the sequel is apparently a, has an Australian accent. But same issue that we had in rescuers down under right it's like what the fuck is going on like why are we it's like okay sure so that's happening um that that lizard song is the most 90s thing that ever oh it so is dude it so is and he's surfing on the thing and he's saying things like bodacious throughout the movie and like i yeah it was there was a lot of like really aggressively 90s stuff oh that was another movie. thing i liked that batty said when he's like you know you're tubular or like bodacious babe and then batty's off in the distance giving commentary he's like awesome use of the language bro that was maybe my favorite batty yeah. line, actually <laughs> yeah. like that was funny <laughs> um speaking of him We'll, well, I'll skip down and then back up. Uh, but do you want to talk about this Star Wars quote from Yeah, Maddie? so <laughs> I picked this up uh, while I was watching this time. And I kind of vaguely remembered there was some kind of mention to the trench run from A New Hope, 1977's A New Hope. Um, when he is carrying Zach, which is the other part that they use caps and it looks horrendous. Um, he's like... He's saying a bunch of stuff like time to rock and roll dudes and like wings up, let's go and all this shit. And then when they get to the top and it actually does kind of look like the trench run, he says, uh, if we're going in, we're going in full throttle. That'll keep our rebel, those rebel fighters off our backs. And I was like, we were so close to getting the actual quote. Like that's ridiculous. What is the quote? The real quote is um, wedge Biggs. Uh, on me if we're going in we're going in full throttle that'll keep those fighters off our back because luke is a rebel pilot they weren't trying to keep rebel pilots off of them they were I the see. rebel pilots. this is the quote except including the word rebel yeah except he's making it seem like they're the empire going for this right although that is i yeah i feel you i think um i think that's the addition that makes it a directly a star wars reference even though it makes it like wrong right if you don't say rebel like that could be anything keep those fighters off her oh yeah like, keep those fighters off her notice. no it totally was star it wars. kind of like makes it more yeah. star warsy even though it makes it wrong um that's he makes funny. a star trek reference too right after I that i noticed that one i didn't catch the star wars reference but i noticed uh when they say we're giving her all we got but we didn't have more lithium crystals captain yeah <laughs> Also, thank you for correcting my spelling of Denny Have. Oh, yeah, I got you. I didn't realize I'd done that wrong. (laughs) I can't do the accent, but I know what it looks like written in Scots, but I cannot. uh, I wish that. I don't want to embarrass myself and try. Can you do it? Can you try? Uh You're pretty good at that stuff. We're giving her all she's got, Captain, but we didn't have no no more dilithium. I can't do it because, like, I can't do the L, but, like, yeah. We didn't have more dilithium crystals. No, that's not. That's, I can't do it. I lived there for an extended <laughs> no, period of time. Like I have nothing. I lived there. 
I was like, yeah. And I had like an accent, but not a Scottish accent. Yeah. Um, and I can't. Do you think that's true? Anymore. Were we talking about this the other day where uh, if you're around people with an accent and you don't have one, do you just like inherently develop it? Do I think it's true? I you, know it's true. No, I mean, like, does it matter your age? No. Anyway, let's get to ratings. Anyway, yeah. I got to get this out of um, here. All right, I'm going to give this like a straight five. I feel like it was like pretty bad, but yeah, it tried. Already, I'm giving, yeah, it, this is another one of those movies where the pieces were there and we just didn't know what to do with them kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Missing 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, the we're running into a lot of these. There. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Like it had the, I think the themes of this movie were right where they wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. I think they were really, I think they're getting it across. I think they found a unique, interesting way to do it. I liked everything about that, but the characters are pretty the worst. There's no development <laughs> for them. And the world building is just zero. Like it just, it's like, what the fuck is happening? So yeah. Yeah. It's not great. Um, Hexus, I'm giving a an eight out of ten, and the only I'm reason Hexus a seven. Yeah, like the only reason he doesn't go higher for me is how easily he is defeated. Like, and I get it. We talked about already. Like, it's necessary and it is part of the na- natural order of things. Um, but I do think that his his final form should have been more powerful for the way it looked. Well, because we're we're missing part of the movie, right? Yeah. Like that shouldn't have been. There should have been a more battle with him. Yeah. He should have been doing more. Uh, he needed more time, a hundred percent. But for me, yeah. he's at least two points above the movie. Oh yeah, so, definitely, definitely. And yeah. he helps. He's all about the story. So like, it's it just it was just like a fun. Uh, yeah, he was I a remember fun it fondly, me. and I don't hate. I don't hate it all as a result of rewatching it like with Five Old Goes West. Like I'm not like, oh, I was wrong. Like I get why I liked this as a kid. I wasn't entirely wrong to to feel that way, but yeah. it really does not hold up as well as I thought it might. Um, and I'll throw out my official prediction now. Once Upon a Forest is gonna be bad. I kind of wish we weren't I'm wondering if we shouldn't do it. I'm yeah. kind of like it's gonna be so bad, but I also want an excuse to watch that movie again and find I out. Know. So I might make that one. Like a, we might start doing like prediction episodes on the Patreon instead of like, like movies we know we're gonna, we're gonna be, yeah like stuff. yeah Should movies let me think of like yeah I wonder what it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> I'm down I am I'm I'm super Patreon down special um and with that I'm gonna I'm gonna take us out of here if you got nothing else I got nothing else get us out of here awesome um well as always guys thank you all so much for joining us today um we hope you enjoyed something and uh we or we hope you enjoyed yourselves and uh maybe even learned something i hope you enjoyed something uh join us next week for the batman matt will be returning just like batman returns uh please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media you can find the links for our sites and social media on the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast and join in on uh, some of the new content we have coming out, including our game show, uh, which the second episode will be coming out very soon called Rewind the Timeline, uh, please, we encourage you to follow us on Patreon and check out our website for all the timeline goodies, past, present, and future. And until next time, stay nerdy. <laughs>